1: In Karsha S'chaye Sora,
0: Avinu decides that it is time to find a Shidduch for his son Yitzchak. He does not want Yitzchak to marry anyone but someone from his own family who live outside of Eretz Yisrael, who live in Haran. And he does not want Yitzchak to leave Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, he appoints his servant Eliezer with the task of going, traveling to Haran and finding a wife for Yitzchak. in order to make sure that eliezer will do the task as appointed abraham uh, asks him to swear and so we read in perak chof davit Base. base Avraham abraham elavdo abraham said to his servant zakan beso who was the elder servant of his household hamoshel haloshelo who ruled over all that he had. He was in charge of all of Abraham's affairs. And Avraham said to him as follows, Place your hand under my
1: thigh. And let's see one more Pesach.
0: And I will cause you to swear by the name of Hashem, the Elohiah Elokeha or it's the God of the heavens and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son, Mibnoisa from the daughters of the Canaanites, Asher Anochi that I am dwelling amongst them, etc. And I'd like to focus on this phrase here: Literally, Place your hand under my thigh. What does that mean? What is, what is going on here? Rashi says, mitzvah. Because someone who is taking an oath, someone who is swearing, needs to hold in his hand an object of mitzvah. Kagon, for example, sefer torah. The normal way would be to hold on to a sefer torah while taking the oath. Oh, in or to hold-on to tefillin. In this case, Avraham is asking Eliezer to hold on to a different chafetz shal mitzvah, a different object of mitzvah. The hamila, the bris of Avraham Avinu, a mitzvah Rishina lo. It was his first mitzvah. It was the first mitzvah that he was actually commanded to do. Avraham Avinu, according to tradition, performed all of the mitzvahs, but he was not commanded to do so. But he was commanded, so it was his first commandment and it came to him through pain and discomfort, obviously, especially because he was 90 years old when he did it, and it was very dear to him, he valued this mitzvah very much, more so than other mitzvahs, and therefore. This is why Avraham Avinu, instead of asking Eliezer to hold on to a Sefer Torah, or its villain, or some other object of mitzvah, he asked him to hold on to his own, to his, to Avraham's bris Now, the question I'd like to raise, the first question I'd like to raise is that Rashi spills a lot of ink over here, uncharacteristically. Okay, he says, he interprets, the Tachas Yerechi means that Avraham instructed Eliezer to, to hold his bris milah while making this oath. But when Rashi starts to give the reasons for it, he seems to say apparently three different reasons. He says the mila was his first mitzvah, it came to him through discomfort or pain, and it was chavivolah. Perhaps one could say that it was valuable to him that it was dear to him is a result of the first two maybe it's a a summary of the first two or perhaps it's a different reason either way it just seems like rashi is talking a lot here i would answer perhaps at first glance i would say that the reason rashi is talking so much uncharacteristically so is because there really is another possible and very plausible explanation for simnot yodcha taches Yurechi. There is another meaning. And this meaning is discussed by uh, the Ibn Ezra. Just pushing aside some of these other misfortunes so they don't distract us. The Ibn Ezra explains that simnot yodcha taches Yurechi is to be taken literally. Rashi takes it a little bit non-literally. Perhaps it's a euphemism instead of actually saying the name of the, the male organ. The Pusik says, Put your hand under my thigh. But the Ibn Ezra says it's literal. It means, Put your hand under my thigh. He says, This was the, the, the law, this was the custom in those days. That a person would place his hand under the thigh of some other person in whose domain, in whose control, he was if i am in your control i would symbolize that i would show that by putting my hand under your thigh and that's how a uh, that's how a person would take an oath if, if, if i'm asking you to swear to me to do me some favor so to show that you are subjugated to my will to show that you are swearing that you will carry out what i want you to carry out so you would put your hand under my thigh and this symbolized that, that I'm the boss and you're, you're the servant, and that would be how you would swear. Ibn Ezra concludes, This uh, law, this custom is still still found today in India. Now we knew that, uh, to the best of my knowledge, Ibn Ezra never visited India, but apparently he read about it or heard about it. So the Ibn Ezra says, means very literally, place your hand under my thigh. That was the way that people made an oath. Rashi went out on a limb and said, no, that's not what it means. It means something a little bit less than literal. Literal, It means place your hand upon my brismila. Now, because Rashi is saying here a chidosh, Rashi, I'm sure, knew that, that that what he is saying is not the absolute, uh, what we would call the Tachlis apashtos, it is not the absolute simplicity of the pusik The pusik certainly could be explained in a different way. For whatever reason, Rashi felt that wouldn't be correct. But he knew that there is an alternative, Perush, there is an alternative interpretation of this pusik So therefore, as I've explained many times, it is the derech of Rashi to, to start to explain, because he wants to be Mechazik, he wants to strengthen, his explanation. So, how does Rashi strengthen his explanation? He gives three, two or perhaps even three reasons why it would make sense for Eliezer to swear to Abraham by holding Abraham's brismila. Because Rashi explains, because when you swear, it is you are supposed to hold on to a Chefsishal mitzvah, you're supposed to hold on to a, an item of mitzvah. And this for Avram Avinu was the best one. It was his first mitzvah and it was it came to him through through discomfort and therefore it was very beloved to him he valued it very much and therefore of all the mitzvah, of all the possible objects of mitzvah that could have been chosen this was the best one and therefore now rashi's uh, interpretation has been strengthened and i'm not going to use the word proved but it's been strengthened it's been supported. That's what I would have said at first glance. The Gu'arye, however, explains this differently. The Gu'arye raises a, a question, a different question on Rashi. Here Rashi is saying that, why did, uh, did Eliezer swear to Abraham by placing his hand upon Abraham's Brismila? Because of the reasons we just said, because Brismila was something very special to, to Abraham. What asks the Gu'arye we find that Yaakov Avinu, when he was asking his son Yosef to swear to him that he would not bury him in Egypt, asked him to swear in the same way. Let's take a look at the Pasik. Uh, despite the miracles of modern technology, it's going to take a couple of seconds till we can see it. Here we are. This is at the beginning of Parshas Vayechi. Yisrael The days of Yisrael, the days of Yaakov were coming close to his death. By Yikra Livno, the Yosef, and he called to his son Yosef, who was the viceroy of Egypt, by Yomerlay, and he said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please do for me the following favor. Yorcha place your hand, literal translation, under my thigh, Imadi and do with me kindness and truth. Swear to me that you will not bury me in Egypt. Now, here, the Torah uses the same words. Yaakov used the same words that Avram did. And presumably, according to Rashi, it means the same thing that Yaakov asked um, Yaakov asked um, Yosef to swear by, uh, by holding on to Yaakov's Brismila, however, asked the Goraye. Here we don't have all those reasons that Rashi said about Abraham. For Yaakov Avinu, this was not his first mitzvah. And for Yaakov Avino, um, it didn't come with so much sar. He was a baby when Brismila was done to him. So he really doesn't uh, recall the discomfort. And it was presumably not much more. They're not more chaviv, not more beloved to him than any other mitzvah. So why did they do it this way? It would seem that all of Rashi's reasons only apply to Abraham, but not to Yaakov. And yet we see that Yaakov did it, Yaakov and Yosef did it the same way. So the Guarariah answers
1: that Rashi really agrees to the Ibn Ezra. He really agrees that a customary
0: way of swearing was to place one's hand under the the other person's thigh. And in the case of Yaakov, he wanted to make Yosef swear, he wanted to have Yosef swear to him in a way that was customary in the general Middle Eastern culture, because um, he knew that there might be some resistance from the Egyptians, to having Yosef leave Mitzrayim in order to bring Yaakov's bones back to Eretz Yisrael. He knew that might be a problem. And that's why he was asking Yosef to swear because he figured that the Egyptians would honor an oath. That they wouldn't want to do. They wouldn't want to force Yosef to violate an oath. Now, if you want to make an oath such that the Egyptians will honor it, you do it in the way that is customary in Egypt, in that whole region. You don't make up some new way of swearing. You want to do it according to the, the general custom so that the Egyptians will honor it and they will allow Yosef to temporarily leave Egypt and to take Yaakov's body back to Eretz Israel. That's by Yaakov. But by okay, Abraham, Abraham's not trying to impress anybody, he's not trying to conform to any societal norms. This is, this is merely a, a deal between himself and Eliezer, his trusted servant and his, and his trusted Talmud, his disciple, and therefore, explains the Gorye, Rashi wanted to know, why is he, why is he swearing by this Simna Yodcha Tachas Yirechi? So here Rashi says it means something different. Here it means that he was asking Eliezer to hold on to his, to, his, to Avraham's Rasmila, because we have all these special reasons why Avraham would want that. And uh, because Rashi is saying this big Chiddush, the simno yodcha here means something other than what it means in different places. So Rashi expended a lot of ink. He expended a lot of energy to give us two or perhaps even three different reasons why Abraham would do this. That's one question that we have in the Rashi. Another question is a question that one might hesitate even asking. One might think that it's disrespectful, that it's not proper to ask such a question. But as we'll see in a moment, some of the great commentators do ask it. And the question is, isn't this bizarre to have another person hold on to one's wrist mila to hold on to one's male organ? Is this, is this normal? Is this, is this acceptable? Or as the 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 Mascula David phrases the question, isn't there an Iser of Hirhor? A man is normally not supposed to grab onto his male organ because this may bring to him certain improper thoughts and it may bring him to certain improper actions. So how could it be that Avraham would request this from Eliezer? The Mascula David answers that this question of How is this allowed and how is this normal? That's exactly the question that Rashi had. He explains what was bothering Rashi was not why is Avraham deviating from the normal custom of swearing by placing one's hand under one's thigh, but rather having Eliezer hold on to his brismurah. That's not the question, according. That was not what was Kasha the Rashi. That's not what was difficult to Rashi. According to Maske, the devil. What was bothering Rashi was that he he found in in, in, in Chazal, he found in the, in, the, in the Midrashim that no yod at least in this case means hold on to my Brismva. and Rashi had a but how can you do that? Isn't there a problem? Isn't there an issue of hear her? On this, Rashi says several answers. First of all, it was Boloi Al Tsar. When Avraham thought of his Rismila, he thought of the pain. The average person who was circumcised at age eight days, he doesn't remember, he doesn't know. It's really not in his conscience. But to Avraham Avinu, the pain that he experienced when he circumcised himself was a very real memory. And therefore, that would tend to block or to override any any hearher, any improper thoughts that might come to him. That's how the the uh, the mask of the David explains it. It was an extremely important mitzvah. It's mitzvah rishona lo, as Rashi says, and it came to him al Tsar, and it was ha'isa chaviva who It was extremely beloved and important to him. And you put all of that together: the the, the magnitude of the mitzvah and the tsar, and so now we have an answer. How Eliezer was allowed to do this? Why this would not be considered an issue of hero? The simple shot of the of the Mascula if you will look inside, is that this is a madrega. This is a level of purity of thought that is that could be attainable even by people uh, not quite on the lofty level. Bavra Mavina. We quote the Gemara in Mesechta Nida, where one of the Amaroyan also uh, was allowed in a certain, situ- s- certain situation to hold on to his uh, bris milah because he was uh, standing on a roof and he was uh, he would be afraid that he would fall off and therefore that would override his uh, his hirhurim, his improper thoughts. Now Ramayra is a person on a very high level but not not like Avram Avinu. So the simple meaning of the of the of the David is that I mean, a person, any person uh, through refinement of character uh, could perhaps come to this level where there is an exception to the general prohibition of hero. However, I think that we can say that it really goes farther than this, at least as regards Avram Avino.
1: We find in sorem uh, my, my colleague and my friend, uh, Rabbi Herzog, Rabbi Yisrael Herzog,
0: he should be well, uh, help me find a amare makam, help me with a with a reference in the Sforum of Rabbi Tzaddik Akayan, where Rabbi Tzaddik says that Avram Avinu, I believe he says the of in general, but certainly Avram Avinu was a tikkun for the sin of Adam Harisha. Adam Harisha, of course sinned, he ate from the fruit that he was not supposed to eat, there was a tremendous fall in his level the Tikkun, the eventual rectification of that sin, at least began with Avram Avinu and the others. So on a, in a certain sense, Avram Avinu is on the level of other Marisha. I think perhaps even a clearer source is in the Midrash. Midrash Rabba Parshas Bracious says something that is really amazing. I mean, I, I can only read it. I can't... Uh, it is. It is really, as a friend of mine likes to say, out of this world. Again, we need to wait while the computer
1: puts it in place. Well, One place. Here we go. Midrash Rabba Parshas gracious Pardon the interruption. Okay. Midrash Rabba Parshas Brachas. Eric um uh, Had it all set up before and somehow things disappear. Hold on one minute, please. Not the first time this has happened. The Yudalit, paragraph six. Okay. I had a color before, I don't know what happened. Over um, Rabbi Levy.
0: Rabbi Levy expounds upon a Pusik in Yahshua. Pusik in Yeshua mentions. Some person who is the great man amongst the giants. Who is this person? So Rabbi Levi says, Ze Avraham. This refers to Avraham. Why is he referred to in this passage as Godel, as the great man? He was fit that he should have been created even before Adam Harishai. He should have been the first person, really. Ella, but, Amar HaKodesh borofu said, Shemi Yechalkel, Maybe other Marishan will be mechalka, Maybe he will, he will act improperly, Maybe he'll mess things up. The Ein Sakein And then there'll be no one to be mesakein, no one to rectify in his place, no one to fix the mistake. So therefore, Ella, Therefore, Hashem said, "I'm going to create Adam first, she'im so that if he misbehaves, if he is behaves in a destructive manner, Avraham will come and he will be misaken in his place." Now we see here certainly we see the point made by Rabbi Zalok that Avraham is the tikkun; he is the rectification of the mistakes. That Adam and made, and we see here even more. We see here something that is really fantastic. That really Avraham Avinu should have been the first human being. In other words, he's greater than Adam Harishan. Now, one of the things that we discussed regarding Adam Harishan several weeks ago, when we were discussing Parshas gracious is this pasuk here. the two of them, Adam and Chava, they were unclothed. the the Adam and his wife, and they were not ashamed. And we explained there, why were they not ashamed? So there are some commentators, the Radak, for example, who say that Adam, Elisha, and Chava were not ashamed of their nakedness because they had never engaged in, in marital relations at this point in the story. So they didn't know what the reproductive organs do. However, Rashi clearly disagrees with that because Rashi in another place says that they did have relations when they were still in Gan Eden and Cain and Hevel were born already while they were still in Gan Eden. So therefore, how could it be that they didn't know? What does it mean they didn't, they, they had no, no shame, no busha from their reproductive organs? And so we, we explained that in the name of commentators that to Adam and Chava, at their level, um, sexual relations were like eating and drinking, moving your muscles, walking, breathing. It was simply a physical function. There was no, there was nothing to be ashamed of. There was no, there were no negative connotations at all. It was simply part of how they were created and how how their bodies functioned. That's a madrega, if we put two and two together, so Avram Avinu apparently was on that level also, because Avram Avinu, as we saw in the madrish, was as great or even greater than other marisha He had, perhaps not from the day that he was born, probably not, but he had built himself up into something even greater than other marishan, meaning he had totally eradicated it. That or Hara, all physical functions for Avram Rabinu were simply things that as a, as a human being one must do. One must eat, one must drink, one must have relations with one's wife, one, one has to breathe and walk. It's, it's all in absolute purity. And therefore we can say that this is the answer to the Maskele question, an alternate answer. It, it doesn't answer all the questions all over, but it does answer the question about Avram Avinu. How could it be that Avram Avinu could say to Eliezer, Sim no yodcha tachas How can he say that? What's going on? Isn't there an issue of hear her? The answer is with Avram Avinu, there's no such thing as hear her. There's no such thing as improper thoughts. All of his thoughts are focused on a Kodesh Baruch Hu, serving a Baruch Hu, and living. Like a human being has to live because that's what he is, he's a human being, he has certain physical functions, but there is no
1: element of improper thought or shame at all for a person on the level of Avram